Hello, and welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke, talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, binge-worthy, underappreciated, always interesting. We always try to make sure that everybody knows that we're going to try our best to be always interesting. <laughs> always interesting. <laughs> we can't, we not, can't not always be interesting. <laughs> not just occasionally Some, interesting. That, Some may disagree. One. I do not. Rarely you interesting. Should, you should put you you should you know uh, record that um, intro after you listen to the episode. Then you can yeah. just say always, sometimes, occasionally, <laughs> once uh, in a while, once in a while, kind of interesting. Not, not this time. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 guys. It's always, always interesting. Always interesting. Always. Well, I know that we're underappreciated. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be discovered. We'll, speak- we'll be discovered. But, you know, speaking of interesting, do you remember, I, sometimes I go back to our, you know, years ago when we used to hang out and do fun <laughs> things like leave our houses. Yes. Remember you used to leave your house? Oh, we have to home? We have to mention that this is a another... Um, lockdown episode of Cinemondo during the COVID-19 um, worldwide mm-hmm. global pandemic. We are all three recording this from our individual homes by remote control. <laughs> Remember when we used to get in cars and go places? Yeah, that was great. Uh, I think didn't want, once or maybe a couple of times we went to the uh, what is no longer around is the Fangoria Conventions. Yeah, Fangoria Weekend we of went Horrors. To, yeah, yeah. Were, were they? Was one of them in San Diego? Was that like a? Or they were all in San so. Diego? Or they, I think they were no? all in L.A. down by the they airport. Were here. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I think of San Diego. I guess the like Comic Con. Comic Con. Yeah. But I went to. We went to one right before Dark Man came out because I remember uh, Sam Raimi was <clears throat> promoting that, or he was probably filming the movies. So that must have been 1987 or something. Yeah. Wow. Believe it. Wow. Oh. <laughs> but that was a hell that magazine was so much fun so that must have just been you guys because i don't know if i was born was i around yeah, I still i still get fangoria <laughs> Burke, i think that was the year you got your aarp card so oh that's right yeah. too excited about you getting the discounts i couldn't go because i was busy dealing with my fifth divorce <laughs> but you were still getting residuals uh, from battleship potemkin so that yeah was nice. I played the baby in that, by the way. But, you know, Fangoria horror conventions, they were way before Comic-Con was actually anything about TV or movies. I mean, Comic-Con at that point was still comic books. Yeah, comic book convention. And so this was our only real outlet for horror movies and genre fans was the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors. And we would plan trips around it, come out and check it out because it was like horror fan heaven. And it was was sort of still kind of underground. You know, it wasn't super packed. It was, you felt like when you went there, you were, you weren't, like with Comic-Con now, you feel like when you go there, there's a whole lot of people there who are there to sell you stuff. They're there because it's an opportunity. Even the people that do the costume stuff. I I read this article that was a guy dressed up like, you know, Jean-Luc Picard, Captain Picard from, you know, Star Trek. And they did an interview with him and he goes, you know, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the stuff. I just look like him, and so a lot of my friends said I should dress up and you know the it's, uniform. It's, and... it's huge business now. It's yeah. like it's like film festivals. It's probably what Sundance was before you know became Sundance. It was yeah. just a film festival, independent film festival. Now it's huge business. It's business, business. So, yeah, it's all about movies so, and releases and and buying properties and selling properties and. But the Fangoria back when we used to go back then, it was you, you felt like when you went, you you look around and you were like, okay, all these people are my people. <laughs> yeah, yep. You didn't and feel like you were being marketed to. And but people were dressed up, you know, uh, uh, like you know, it was Jason or right. Freddy Krueger or Michael. <laughs> yeah, but it was just done way back when. Yeah, and it was cool to see, like you know, some really cool, you know, actors, you know, yeah. like Bruce Campbell or. Uh, yeah. Gunnar Hansen or all these people. It was just like, it was just great to see. So, and they were, you know, and they seemed really appreciative. They aren't, they weren't the kind of actors or even the kind of movies that, that got a lot of attention, especially back then, you know? Yeah. So, you know, those were, that's why the conventions were nice because they seemed actually thrilled that you were there. Like yeah. Comic Con, they're almost too big. They're still untouchable. These guys were all super accessible and they would talk to their fans and they'd pose for pictures. It was actually really cool. Well, now yeah, I, whole, I got the whole thing now with the pictures and autographs thing is that that is a business now because people yeah. charge like $50 for an autographed photo and, yeah. 
You know, yeah. you used to be able to go over to the dealer's room and pay, you know, 15 bucks for an Evil Dead poster and then bring that with you when you met Sam Raimi and say, hey, Sam, could you sign this? And he'd say, sure, yeah. you have a pen? You know, and it was like you could hang out with these people. You could stand there in the lobby and chat with them for a bit. But anyway, those that's are the what, old that's days. What happened, that's what happened to me. I have a, have a Sam, Raimi, uh, Sam Raimi autograph on Evil Dead 2. You know, the, he, he, uh, he wrote on there, uh, Deck the Halls. With parts of Mark. Yeah. <laughs> nice. La la la, 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 Sam Raimi. Yeah. Uh, very cute. I remember just recently, Burke and I went to uh, see David Lynch. He signed a um, series, like a video box set of right. his movies. They, like, they, it was at Amoeba Records on, you know, was it Sun- Hollywood in or Hollywood, Sunset? Yeah. 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 And they, we all stood in line. We get up there. We literally had like, I think they said 10 seconds. They would not let you stand. You didn't get to talk. You didn't get photos. photos, And they ushered you out. It was, it was so cold and uninvolved. It was like, well, we got our autograph, I guess. But it wasn't, you're like, wow, I got to meet David Lynch. Not really. I just stood in line as part of a big conveyor belt of people. And it didn't feel very personal or fan. No, you feel like cattle. You feel like you were taken too in a weird way. You know? Yeah. It's not worth your time. Exactly. But back in those early days before fandom, you know, before fandom and genre stuff became such big business, it really did feel like a community. I remember even before the Fangoria things, I used to go to comic conventions when I was in high school, you know, like back in the 1930s, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm joking. Stop laughing. (laughs) The... um, no, back when I was in high school and stuff, we would go to you know comic book conventions, and there would be famous comic artists just kind of walking around, and occasionally an actor, you know, maybe one of the actors from Star Trek was there or somebody, and that would be such a big, th- crowded nightmare now. But back then, it was sometimes you felt like there wasn't a whole. You felt like I'm in a very small category. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, I mean, have we talked about how we all met our, our initial? I mean, I remember this well back when we all worked at uh, Turner. We were at lunch in the in conference room, and we were talking about movies or something. And I didn't know you; it was just a group of people in a, in a, in a, at a conference at a conference table. And I had just seen Evil Dead Two the night before. Oh. My friend Barry and I yeah. said, "You guys seen Evil Dead 2? And Kathy said, "Oh my God, that movie is awesome." And you're like, someone has seen that movie? What the fuck are you? (laughs) But you're a girl. Why are you here? What? Scared of you all of a sudden. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so that was like, but nobody else knew knew that that movie or saw that movie. It was just the group, the horror genre people. Yeah. You still feel like you're looking for those horror genre people. There are, there are two kinds. There's the horror genre that aren't really horror genre, people who like the super lightweight, like, you know, the conjuring people who aren't really horror fans, but they find <laughs> horror that's palatable. Yeah. <laughs> I'll continue with my conjuring hate. <laughs> but anyway, so they're kind of like the horror posers who pretend like they like horror movies, but they don't really. Then there's the really hardcore ones who, when you meet them, you feel like, I met my people, and you instantly feel a camaraderie. And you feel like there's sort of this connection already, just for someone who knows like either some cool obscure horror film or they know they know a reference that you're doing. Like there was a guy at work, and he, he found out I liked horror, so I didn't really know who he was. Because my office, and he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> you didn't even have to explain it. And see, That's most so, people would be like, what? You know, <laughs> I thought that That's was really so funny. great. That's it was so very great. very cool. Um, but that's what you I really like is finding people who are into that as much as I am. Yeah, I just, talking but, about those references is, is almost like a secret code, like yeah, you know, from the from the old days when people were being persecuted, you know, for being a certain way or whatever. They had secret codes, yeah. and I remember I was. This is not such an obscure one, but I, I was in an office one time on a TV show I was working on, and I was by myself in the office, and this woman was calling into office. She's like, "Danny, Danny, <laughs> Danny." And so she finally came into my office, and she opens up the door, and she's like, Danny? And I just turned around really slowly in my chair, and I put my finger up next to my face, and I said, Danny isn't here, Mrs. Dorrance. That's so great. And she got this look on her face, and she's like, oh, my God. That's so great. I just started laughing. But it was like, you know, you do that, and you realize she could have not gotten the reference and thought that I was a complete nut, you know? Okay, here's a real quick pop quiz. I'm going to do one, see if you can guess who, who this is. Mrs. Kobritz? Mrs. Kobritz? Anybody got that? 
Mrs. Nope. Oh, okay. What is it? <laughs> That's from The Fog. It's the little boy. Oh, good it's, Lord. Uh, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen that in 30 like, years. It's, it's, it's babysit. I watch it all the time. That's, one, that that's a Carpenter movie that I haven't seen enough, I think. Oh, I it's one of the ones that I, I always forget that about that one. I think of the thing. The ba- and, well, the yeah. babysitter gets killed, and the little boy's in the, in the they're coming after the little boy, and he's like, Mrs. Colbert. <laughs> and the, the fog starts coming after him. <laughs> that's, that's a anyway. great movie. It is a great movie. But anyway, so Fangoria, I missed the magazine, but evidently it's back. Magazine's back. It came out, I think, a couple years ago. It started up again by just some fan, you know, some hardcore fans decided they wanted to have it again. So they started a little publishing venture, just releasing it like every three or four months. You get like almost like a book, like you know, soft cover book quality. Um, I don't even call it magazines. It's almost better than that. But it's super old school Fangoria where it has it concentrates on the effects, it concentrates on horror directors, it, obscure films. Like really, it's actually so fun and old school. It seems like this is not something that would happen without the previous Fangoria having come out before. So it's actually really fun to to look at and read. Is it any of the same people involved? Like Anthony Timpone and yeah, like, he's still Tony, involved. Tony Timpone. Yeah. I think he's still on it. Cool, because that guy was cool. Yeah. I remember we met him, and he, oh, I, I, I remember my impression of him was that this guy is too young to be doing a magazine. He's like a kid. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, seriously. Uh, let's see. Let's a publisher. Let me look down the list. Well, maybe not. Mm, look at publisher. I thought he was. Maybe he's just like a consultant. But I, he's, they've talked about him. Well, yeah. Okay. Mm. I have to cut that. I'll have to, I'll have to look through <laughs> Never mind. I'm a big Vangoria fan. No, I know nothing. <laughs> I haven't actually Not- read it. It's like I'm a big, I'm a big fan of yours. Huge not, fan. Not, not yours, but the, the the general Vangoria genre. Where, where's that? Where's that? Where's that Venmo five hundred dollar payment? <laughs> they pay me to talk about. It. I don't know what they, it is. They don't have my correct email. Hold on. Should we edit? <laughs> Yeah, we could edit. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna clap I don't know. now. Maybe it's maybe it's funny. I don't. Know. Okay. We'll, you'll find out. We'll we'll leave it because we're we're weird. <laughs> but anyway, since we're all, I'll home, research it again. Hopefully, he's still kind of involved and won't sound as stupid. As I I feel like I've heard his name recently with things like that. Saw, I've, I've read I, I something about on, him. I saw it on a post somewhere that he was involved somewhere, and maybe on Instagram or, or Twitter. somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. From nineteen eighty from nineteen eighty seven, I remember. <laughs> but yeah, I mean those were the days, you know. That's all the the back in those old days when the Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, you found out about that from an ad in a physical paper magazine. And you went there and it was like, you know, those old days they seem so much like so distant and far away and so long <laughs> long 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 ago but they are, <laughs> they are. <laughs> you know there wasn't people weren't taking pictures with their can with their phones and so you you have all these memories it's like you know like i think kathy i think you saw vincent price and yeah vincent price did a great thing you know because he he it was, I don't know how long ago it was before he died, but, you know, nobody expected him to be there. It was a big deal. So he came out on stage and he was kind of limping and had this cane and he looked oh. like he was on this door and barely making on stage. Everybody's like, oh, kind of cringing. And all of a sudden he kind of jumps and goes, ha ha. Yeah. He's like, you all. Because, you know, he's making fun of how ancient he is. So that was actually really cool to see him do that. Uh. But uh, there have been some cool, yeah, there's some really cool stuff to have seen that now I think is probably the purview of Comic-Con. Yeah. But, you know, we didn't have to wait in line for hours. You just went in. Now it's like if you want to go to Comic-Con, you either have to stay up the night before and, like, sleep on the street to get into these damn panels. It's or just you have, not. You have to rent a place in San Diego for, like, 700 bucks a night. Yes. Airbnb. Like, all the hotels are booked. I mean, it's just it's just a corporate takeover of that city. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's not so, what it you know what it really I mean, should Fangoria was super indie and small and you felt like you were part of something and you know special but now you just feel like you're just getting sold something when you go you know to who i met uh, i met some i met some people because i've been going to conventions for so long i actually got to meet and hang out a bit with jonathan frid i think maybe kathy were you there yeah we have pictures yes okay because i we met jonathan frid and i met uh, jonathan yeah. harris who played miss you know uh Dr. Smith on Lost in Space, and they were both kind of getting up in years, but, you know, he sat there and kind of chatted with them a bit, and 
And they told, you know, I think remember Jonathan Frid talking about some stage play that he was doing, and he was just kind of chatting with us like we were, you know, just people that liked him and liked his work. And And they were just wandering around in the halls. Like they they would walk around with the fans and talk to him. They weren't like hidden away in some secret spot to come out from the panel and then run away. Like they were all super accessible. Yeah. Jonathan Harris was so cool. I remember he was kind of ancient, you know, but still, still Jonathan Harris. I remember asking, I think I got his autograph when he was not standing at his table and I just had a photograph of him that I just found in the dealer's room or something and I said could I be a fan and ask you to to sign that, and he was like, "Of course, dear boy, hand it over." Yeah, I remember you know, getting a picture. <laughs> Angus Scrim was just yeah. wandering around his tall, huge Angus Scrim. <laughs> he was a big, <laughs> and he big was into guy. it. Like he was kind of play the character, you know. It was very yeah. Very cute. He'd like act like he was choking you or <sighs> something. Just remember, we used to go places. <laughs> <laughs> but since we're not going places, we're going to do like a kind of little mini mystery date. We're going to bring up the stuff we've been binging on. We just get to pick one, so. We'll start doing a few of these to help you guys find things to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's a good time to catch up on movies and to watch things. And, and um, But it also, you know, since you're not interacting with people, you're not really maybe getting that word of mouth from other friends who are saying, oh, did you see so-and-so? It's really good. You should watch it. So that's what we're here for. That's our job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> who wants okay. to start? Well, let's play the mystery date theme because it is a mystery date after yes, all. Yes, it is. Is okay. it? Okay. mystery date where it's just basically online <laughs> we're not yeah. actually going out anywhere it's online mystery dating <laughs> it's tinder <laughs> tinder for movies <laughs> swipe left swipe right i don't know who should start should should i start yeah you start because i'm going to start with a with a sort of a big movie that's um one of the things that happened because of this sort of horrible health crisis that's happening right now is that a lot of the big films that would normally have been released in theaters are being released on streaming. You know, it's sort of a courtesy to, to people. Instead of making them go out into the world, which I think is illegal right now, <laughs> y- we can watch these, you know, first-run movies at home for a price, you know. And so, you know, we've been trying to help the film industry a little bit. You know, watch a few of them and yeah, f- try to find the, f- the free movies, too. <laughs> but... I went ahead and watched uh, *Knives Out*. Have you guys seen that? Ryan yes. Johnson, right? Yeah. Was, it, yeah. was that his? Or, okay, I get. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Good. I get *Ready or Not* and *Knives Out* mixed up. Oh. When I when I saw *Ready or Not*, which came out first, I literally thought when I went to that film that it was *Knives Out*, and I'm watching it going, "Was Daniel Craig?" Oh, <laughs> What's that's so funny. So I thought they were the same movie because they all start in like this big mystery inside a big rich person's house, you know, oh. some unknown victim kind of thing. Yeah. Because to me, when I look at the, I haven't seen Ready or Not, but it, to me, it seems like the hunt. It, the, this, the concept is basically like a most dangerous game kind of a thing, right? Sort of. <laughs> it's sort of a mix. I mean, I haven't seen Ready or Not, but I've seen, you know, I know what it's about. But Knives Out is obviously it's more of a classic sort of whodunit. Right. Like Agatha yeah. Christie style thing or Yeah. And it's self-referential, you know, it's self-aware. It knows what it is and it comments on itself this film, you know. It's uh, um you know there were these really cool old movies from the 70s, things like um you know Evil Ten Under the Sun, Indians. Ten Little Indians. Yeah, um, Murder yeah. on the Orient Express, where it's basically like, here's a a sort of, what do they call like a parlor mystery, where you're presented with all the clues and you have a whole... It, a lot of times the idea is that there's a whole bunch of people who are very um, kind of eccentric and bizarre in their own way, and they all have a motive. Any one of them could be the killer, you know, and the... Yeah. And that's what this is. It's a very old-fashioned style story about a, um, a, a about a mystery writer who is very wealthy, and he has a very eccentric family, and they all want his money. They all are pretty unscrupulous, and you don't really like any of them. <laughs> and they all have a motive because it's presented in one of those kind of flashback things too, where where when someone is telling, answering questions, the police are asking. 
you get a little flashback, and it shows you their perspective of a certain event, and it presents you with all these different timelines, and you kind of have to really keep up with You have to pay attention. My wife is better at that than me, so I'm constantly pausing it and saying, okay, now what? Who, who is she? Is she, the, is she the sister or the daughter? And it, it's if you really pay attention, if you're smarter than me, you'll enjoy this film, I think, because it really is clever. There's a few things in there, though, that I thought if... Unfortunately, there were a few little things, and maybe at the end of my review, I'll say these things so that if you haven't seen it, you'll you'll watch it now, and then after now, you'll come back and listen to the rest of this. No, no spoilers. Sense? So no spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, okay, nope. no spoilers. All right. These are all recommendations. Don't make people come back try and figure out what this is. <laughs> but you can insinuate. Um. Um. Yeah. Okay. You can waste some plot device. They're all robots, and Batman did it. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. <clears throat> now you have to watch it. Out of the way. No. <laughs> the big surprise is actually a DC property. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Carlton. But no, it's a, it, it. It does have clues in it, and it is one of those things that um, the the type of mystery story that I really like is the one where when it, when you find out who did it you're going, oh, I should have noticed that. And they point out things that you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. They did do that. He did say that. This one doesn't quite get there. It has. It does have a few things kind of like that. There's a couple of little lines of dialogue that when you go back and listen, you're like, well, yeah, that could have been a clue if I had been thinking in terms of that line of dialogue being a clue, but I wasn't, and it didn't necessarily mean it was a clue. And you don't feel stupid for missing it. And there's also things revealed further, further, further into the film that you're like, okay, if I had known that, I would have known who did it, you know. So it it's a mystery, but it doesn't give you it doesn't give you enough clues to solve the mystery as you're watching it. But the fun thing is that as it does reveal things, there's a lot of twists, a lot of unexpected character things where suddenly you're like, oh no, so that's what happened, you know. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's also kind of funny. It's it's a it's a dark comedy. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis is really funny in it, and um, you know, it's got Tony Collette, who I, I everything she does is great, and she's really good in this. And you know, Daniel Craig, like you said, is playing a detective, and he's got this sort of <laughs> I don't know, Gone with the Wind kind of accent, sort of a Kevin <laughs> Spacey accent. Is it? <laughs> It was totally Kevin Spacey. He's a definitely like a Southern gentleman. Like he's yes. Southern. Like I'm from Charleston. You know, but it's, uh, you it's know. kind of a Mel Blanc Southern Underwood. accent. You know, like like a Foghorn Leghorn. All the way. It's like, well, I do declare, I do. It was a little believe I ever honestly. saw anything quite like that. You know, it's I one of those. I thought it was really distracting, and I did not like it. It was bizarre. It was like you, you can't. It was weird, unnecessary. You, it's a bit. It's a comic accent, you know. Yeah, but um. You know, when we get past that, it's like there's a there's some really fun performances in there, and it's it is a at the end of it, you'll talk about it for a while, which is also fun. After it's over, you go back through the story, and you're like, well, why why didn't he do this? And then you go, oh, because of that. That's right. So there there's a lot of loose ends that are tied up. There's a couple of contrivances in there that I thought were a little bit weird. Um, like there's one character who for a for a really weird reason you can tell when when this character is lying or not for you can a say certain what it reason is. she pukes whenever she lies <laughs> i hated that i and thought it was, that was so stupid i'm a, sorry i just hated that whole contrivance was just why it's a bit of a contrivance Inelegance. yeah but it 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 gave the story something that it needed you know and so it was this contrivance it was a bit of the they could have done some. They could have come up with something else versus her vomiting. Yeah. Just saying, why is this? In could this? have been something else that she does. Yeah. Like she turns also, bright red or something, you know. But or the, whatever. Which, yeah. Something happens. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a power vomit. It could be right. you know, any. It could be. Yeah. Because every interrogation or questioning was like just an exercise in nausea. Like, yeah. Why are yeah. we? Uh, it was. It was. That to what me about, almost ruined about, the film for me. What about hives? What about like you start yeah. getting, you, you know, your itchy like you throat? Yeah. yeah. There's a or million even something, things. even something for a story like this, even something more subtle, like something that the detective, 
instead of having it be this overt yeah. thing that she knows about, it would have been kind of cool if it was something that only the detective knew or noticed. Yeah. Like, you know, he maybe, te- maybe they could have done some story thing where he tests her and, uh, you know, gives her, you know, some, some sort of a verbal lie detector test and figures this yeah. out and watches her very carefully yeah. and notices, you know, like, okay, when I ask you this question, I want you to purposefully lie to me and, you know, and then do some kind of a weird thing like that it would have been a little bit more believable or acceptable than this weird puke contrivance. I don't know. Stupid. But it was, we had fun with it. We had kind of, it was a fun movie with some faults, with some problems, with a few flaws. Yeah. I mean, I thought it looked beautiful. I love the wardrobe was fantastic. I just yeah. was really distracted by how great all the clothes were. And the set dressing. I, mean, then, I was looking at the props yes. and the set dressing. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it really was. I mean, that's why I feel like it was better than that plot device. You know, I feel yeah. like the movie, the show could have been better without, or the movie could have been better without something like that in it, which felt kind of cheap. And, you know, like a kind of workaholics kind of weird humor aspect to it that it didn't need. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, also, I did overall like it though. I went in there thinking, I mean, I heard all these really wonderful things about it. So, of course, when you go in with higher expectations, there's always that chance. And I was kind of waiting for that big, incredible sort of, you know, twist at the end, like a, a great whodunit. Like yeah. if you read an Agatha Christie, you go, oh, my God, I just out of left field. It's such a great thing. And you're so happy that you read that. Like a Scooby-Doo ending, like somebody's going to pull off a mask. Or so, just something that is just like really, really smart. And this one is like. It doesn't have that ending. It's right. Di- it's, it, it's just not that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's it. All right. Well, I mean, to me, it was a solid, okay movie. I mean, yeah. I liked it. It was fun yeah. to watch. It was fine. But it was not something I was, I was not blown away by. Right, it. right. Even though there's really good actors in it, there's good performances, good set this, good set that, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't give that, you know, that kick in the butt, like, wow, okay, cool. Like some, some movies can do. Mysteries. Yeah. Like, I used to watch Ellery Queen mysteries way back yeah. in the oh, yeah. 70s yep. with Jim Hutton. And even those, you know, simple, you know, like hour mm. things, they had some great endings. They were yeah. like, oh, wow. That mm-hmm. Maybe the 14 year old Mark loved, you know, right. but to maybe, <laughs> would, maybe, maybe the 90 year old Mark wouldn't, wouldn't quite get. But was that the show where he would break the fourth wall and talk to the. Yes. And talk to you and say, well, we've given you all the clues. Now see if you can yes. put the pieces together and figure <laughs> out who did it. And we'll be back after this message. Yeah, that was that was that was uh, Timothy Timothy Hutton's father, who yeah. always liked his act. Yeah, yeah, he was anyway, really good in that show. I remember liking was, that yeah. show too. Yeah, yeah. but, but that's, it's a fun movie. It's not. I mean, Knives Out isn't too. It's not gory. It's not. You know, it's it's fun. It has kind of an interesting sense of humor. It's light. You know, yeah, yeah. It's sort of got a Sherlock Holmes sort of humor to it, where it's sort of serious, but then it has this weird impishness, which they also <laughs> acknowledge. A few times, Daniel yeah. Craig says that you know the game is afoot, and he says something like, um, "I believe we're on the case, Watson." You know, yeah. they make yes. references like that, and then there's also another scene where you feel like after you've felt like for a while that this is like the game Clue, one of the characters actually yeah. mentions the Clue game. It felt you know? very much like the game Clue. It did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good family. If you know you're at home with the family on a Saturday night, you know it's it, it's a, it's it'll it's a fun you know watch. Yeah, yeah. it is. So, yeah, Kathy, what about you? What do you you know, I think that nowadays, you know, we're all we want some nice long series to watch, like a series, like a story you can really get involved in. So, I think what would be a really fun thing to revisit now that we're all kind of stuck in our houses would be Lost. <laughs> talk about lost um lost was a series if you don't know it's a show that was on abc um you're laughing at me because <laughs> <laughs> i know how it ends <laughs> i know well i was gonna say don't just get the last season but you beat me to it um but it was a it was uh actually it was created by jj abrams and damon lindelof and jeffrey lieber um they uh they filmed a one was at then the most expensive pilot ever produced at the time. It was like a million dollars or something, which seems cheap. But as I guess uh, at, during that time, which was what was the year it came out? It was two thousand. What is it? Um. Anyway, a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> it came out. So Lost is a story about these people who are in a plane wreck and they crash land on an island, and there are only so many survivors. They're 
they're not sure where they are, what's going to happen. They they start discovering all these strange, mysterious things happening. Like there's a weird smoke monster. There's uh, weird mysteries, like weird recordings being you know played over you know uh, out of a radio tower. Just really strange, creepy. It was oh, it's out. It came out in two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, mm. So. The great thing about it is it, it, you have no idea where it's going to go. They have incredible characters, really iconic characters that um, still stand the test of time. And you get their uh, backstories. Each one of them has a flashback. Yeah, the construct is you see them on the island, and then they'll have like a flashback on whoever whoever's eye start begins the episode. A big close up of an eye. It becomes their flashback, you know, character fill in the information episode. So if they close in on, you know, the character Jack's eye, it ends up being his backstory. It closes in on, you know, the Charlie's eye becomes him. Yeah, whoever. So you get to you get these big chunks of information, which almost stand on their own as their own little movies, you know, characters, uh, their episodes. So each time you're getting a little more information and everybody's not quite as random as they seem, you know, you start filling in the blanks on the, every little mystery and why the people are there and why they were chosen or not chosen or, and it just goes just fucking nuts. <laughs> it's like, and this thing was a phenomenon when it came out. It was, it, it captivated like a huge amount of the, the population. I think it was the largest audiences ever for a TV show at the time, you know, even now. Yeah. And it became like a phenomenon of water cooler talk. Like everybody was trying to figure it out. There were all these like side groups of like, you know, people trying to figure out the mysteries of Lost and, you know, all the, the almost like web sleuthing <laughs> TV yeah. show. They had all these out, you know, the really unusual marketing where they'd have like the Lost experience. They had a video game. They had like a, a little art, like a museum kind of art show where they had uh, art that was produced um, specifically, you know, by fans of Lost and you could buy them as sculptures and paintings. Um, but it was, it was its own thing. It's like, and I, I think it's sad when people didn't get to see it during the time live, because when you can binge it, you don't have that suspense in between the episodes of really trying to figure it out. So you get a lot more information if you're going to binge it, which is nice. But at the same time, there was some sort of camaraderie and the, the sharing of the theories and what that episode meant and what that clue meant. And, and there were some really astounding moments in it where you realize something is spelled backwards and it actually spells this or, you know, just these insane looking for clues kind of things. I loved it. To me, uh, the, the opening couple of minutes of the start of season two is like just blew my head off. Like I'm mm -hmm. saying, what am I watching? You know, like what the hell? When you find yeah. out, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I that, I loved that show for a good long while, and then, Me too. you know, I did too. I thought right. it was great. It was like one of I remember saying this is like my favorite TV series because it was so mysterious. It was so full of mystery. And there were so many different things that you were trying in your mind to put together. Like you were saying, this there's a smoke monster. And there is a, a hat. Polar bear. Yeah, a polar bear. And there's a, a statue. And one of the characters says in this very ominous tone, why does the statue only have four toes? And it's like, dun dun, what is going to be the answer to all these things? The, hatch, the lost numbers. The, the numbers. numbers. The numbers. Then the hatch. You know, they find somebody who's living, already living on the <laughs> island, who's working in this underground facility doing some kind of weird ritualistic number enter, entry you know, data entry thing on this timeline and there's Egyptian yeah. hieroglyphs mixed in with the numbers. It was so mysterious. And, and you're trying and the rock to rock band drive shaft. Yeah, exactly. And oh they yeah. Have a real song. Yeah. You all, everybody, <laughs> you all, everybody, <laughs> Dominic Monaghan, right? <laughs> no, the backstories were great. You know, the, the individual stories about each of the characters, the way you get to know them, that was great. And the, and this gradual revealing of these we the weirdness of the island, and then Ben and and this abandoned cabin with with salt around it, and these unseen characters who have all this influence, and these organizations, these sort of bizarre, you know, the Dharma organization, all these things. And my problem with it was I was fascinated by all that stuff because I thought it meant something. I thought it was going somewhere. Well, yeah, you know, let people watch it and find yeah. out what it means. <laughs> but don't watch the last season, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, the thing is it has a lot of like mini answers that are interesting. Yeah. But the you know, the big answer, the answer we all want, like where are they? is 
you know, that's the last season. And well, that's what's just... The, what's the smoke monster? Just, what's the Dharma thing? What's this? And the, there's so many questions that it it right. never gave well, it never gave me it, the answer to. It was the, it, it was the classic, like, well, what a great setup, but, but the payoff is just... I think they wrote something so interesting that they really oh my god we got to we got to we got to answer these questions cuz people are watching the show. Yeah. I think it got a little away from it. I honestly feel like I didn't even want the answers. I just wanted a satisfying conclusion that could have meant open-ended, but it needed to be I almost didn't want them to wrap it up too clean, which I feel like they almost did even though they didn't answer all the questions. Mm, the finite yeah. the finite nature of the ending kind of ruined it for me. I'd rather not really know. Like I don't know if you ever watched Fringe, but J.J. Abrams left Lost after the pilot. He left pretty early on, and he went on to you know work on Alias. But after he did Alias, he worked on a show called Fringe. And you could feel a lot of Lost influence in that show. And I feel like by the end, Fringe was becoming what Lost should have been. Uh. And it had the ending and the plot device. So it was so such a great, powerful ending and exactly what Lost should have been. So I almost feel like, watch the last season of Fringe. Instead of the last season lost and pretend like that's how it ends. Because <laughs> it would be well, so much better. It seems to um, me if you were gonna write a, a TV series and and you were gonna present this and pitch it to the to the powers who are gonna pay your bills, you would sort of you would think that they would want you to have a, a, an ending. You know, like if like imagine pitching this idea, okay, a bunch of people crash on an island and there's a bunch of weird stuff that happens. If you're gonna if you're going to produce this TV show, wouldn't you say, well, how did, you know, like, before we give you the money, I'm sure you have an ending worked out, right? No, you have I a don't reason think TV for all this stuff. No, I don't think TV shows require an ending ever <laughs> at all. I, I really don't. I, I don't think anyone goes into a TV meeting with a series and wants to know the ending. I, I don't, you know, I, I, something like Lost, I mean, I think they just, you know, one guy really believed in it. And it's actually one of the reasons I think it's so great to watch right now is it's so beautiful. It's shot in Hawaii. Yeah. It's all blue skies and beaches and tropical. Like it's just such a gorgeous show. And when you see it, you're watching it. It really takes you to this whole other place. And it's and not only is it it's kind of scary, but it's also really beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I don't I you know, like I said, I don't think the ending to Lost I think the ending to Loss is almost irrelevant to the journey of Lost. Mm. That's why I think it's worth a binge because the the journey of Lost is so fantastic. And like just forget about the ending. Just watch it because Everything along the way is so great and powerful. So it's like, that's why I think you should watch Lost. Yeah. And also because I did the posters for Lost, so I like <laughs> to talk about that. Well, one thing, because when we were watching, when when I was working on the marketing for Lost, um, nobody expected it to explode like it did. So, you know, you're just doing your usual key art. We did, you know, hundreds of different versions of the key art. Um, and then by the second season, the show was so cloaked in mystery that they didn't want to tell us anything that was going to happen, but we had to make the other posters look, you know, promise something without actually giving anything away, but also not getting it wrong, even though we didn't know what any of that was going to be. Right. So from season to season, we had to promise something without knowing anything because yeah. <laughs> they would not tell us anything. So we had to kind of jump off from the finales and trying to project where they thought they were going to go. And the trick is not to make it feel like it's old news. You couldn't use old photography. You can't use any kind of you know plot devices from the previous season. And the fans of Lost were super demanding about that because yeah. they wanted shit to be tight. Yeah. <laughs> so you could not. They did not want any like thing to get wrong. And and I cared a lot about the show. I mean, we were obsessed with the show, so we wanted it to be right also. But it was funny that as we went along the way, people would pick out like clues in the key art that weren't there. Like, mm. he's in the background. That means he's going to die or, you know, whatever it happened to be. And we wouldn't even intend it, but people would find clues and, and read into the key art all the time, which was really fun. Yeah. And it, at some point, there's there's a big group shot of Lost and everybody in the in the show, There's everybody was stripped in later um, to be together. And there's a shot of Faraday and he's sitting in a chair and he does not have any ankle between his pants and his shoe is just gone. It was just like, I think like, so people saw that as a clue. I think it was, uh, we didn't actually do that. It was done in house, but people thought it was a clue. Like he doesn't really exist. He obviously is a ghost, you know, <laughs> like reading all wow, kinds of clues into this so mistake. Funny. If you look for lost stuff and you'll see this big group shot of them sitting in like this kind of overgrown living room, 
you'll see that you'll see that weird mistake about his missing ankles very creepy. It's a weird mistake. That's cool. It seems like kind of yeah. hard to make the Photoshop error like that. You know, it seems harder know, to, right? to take it out than to just have an ankle in there. People are doing this shit so fast. Yeah. And you can see like somebody just leaving on. Like maybe they put in like the shoe was cut off in another shot, so they had to add the shoe from a shot. You just never know yeah. what the the mechanics were that would make someone mask out an ankle, which is probably part of it. <laughs> but it's pretty entertaining. But that managed to get through all these layers of approval with no one catching it. Well, the thing That's is, funny. in that in that layout, there's 700 people in the pictures. Yes, <laughs> every piece of promotion for Lost had it had to have a million characters, and they all. Ha- there, I mean, I guess Jack is the first one we meet in the show, so he is always kind of in the middle. But then everybody else besides Jack is kind of the secondary character. There wasn't. There was a bit of a hierarchy. I mean, Evangeline Lilly. John Locke, Locke yeah. and then and then Evangeline Lilly was kind of a big deal, and and Sawyer, and Sawyer, yeah. But then, yeah. then you know, but then you could say that everyone, you know, Michael and and all the other people, and then they were they all had their moment. That's that was the thing the show gave every one of those characters, not just one moment, but several moments. You really got to oh, yeah. know everyone yeah. over the course. Hurley, of six Hurley was seasons. great. Yeah, Hurley. Everybody loved Hurley. So Desmond. it's definitely. It's yeah. it's definitely worth catching up with because it, the thing ages really well, and I think you'll notice things like if when I've watched it through again, I notice things I didn't notice the first time. Even though I know the ending now, it all kind of makes more sense, so it's almost oh. worth watching twice. But yeah, definitely worth a check. It's ex- extremely well produced, so you yeah, can watch it's, it's it. Gorgeous. It doesn't doesn't feel dated. You know, no. it's, it 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 looks good. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well, maybe you know what? Maybe there's a there's a lost binge in my future at some point maybe i'll go back to liking because i really kinda, loved it I'm, while it was yeah. while i was watching it and oh so good we had all these viewing parties oh yeah we all used to gang up and watch it yeah yep. you have a, like wow. the dharma glassware in your house still <laughs> i do oh, oh i don't have it right now i have coffee cups i have glasses i have i have everything i have the special well, because I helped design it, the the box set which has the whole Dharma packaging on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that was appointment television. You know, that's yes. no longer. So you would just have this. We're going to watch this. You know, was it Wednesday night? It's Wednesdays at nine o'clock, I think. Yeah, right. you really didn't something want anybody like to ruin it either. I mean, you could have someone devastate you by giving something away because you missed the episode the night before. So people were making a point of really watching it the night before because yeah. they didn't want to get ruined the next day. So you go to yeah. work and people are talking about it and you're like, la, 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 la. <laughs> I know, you get to you come into a meeting and someone goes, I just want to stay up front. I didn't see Lost Line tonight, so everybody so shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. It was so fun. I'm, so, yeah, I missed that. You missed in some it. Ways. I know there isn't a show like that anymore. It's like well, there's know. some stuff on HBO that's week to week, but it's not. You know, it's HBO. It's not on a network. You know, it's not high quality stuff that everybody's going to watch. You have to have yeah. HBO. So <sighs> okay, Mark. Anyway, next. okay. I'm all right now. I'm going to go with something a little bit more. You know, uh, you have to search this one out. This is uh, available on Hulu. It's I love a, obscurity. It's a but it's a it's a fairly big budget movie. It's it's a Swedish film called Aniara, A N I A R A from 2018. Science fiction film. It's based on a 1956 poem, Swedish poem that evidently is a big deal there and kids in school learn this poem. And it's like uh, become part of Swedish culture that uh people learn about this. But the movie is based on the poem. Oh. And it's about um the future in the future uh earth is uninhabitable so what we're doing is we're getting on these huge uh, luxur- luxurious spaceships that take us from earth to mars they're like these they're like uh cruise ships times a thousand they have oh. bars restaurants mm-hmm. movies auditoriums malls you know people live there like avenue f- 5 <laughs> Exactly. Or, it's like it's like that. It's a cruise like ship. Or, or or some yeah. uh, religion or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to um, name it. I don't want to name the religion. <laughs> religion. Some religion. But anyway, so you, get, you get on this this trip. This the three week trip, and so you get on. So you get on, and the main character is this woman who works on the ship. And she is what she's called a Mima robe. And what she is, is there is a machine on the ship where you can go and 
it's like the sentient computer that is up on the ceiling. You don't look at it. You look down at the ground and you kind of get into this trance and the the machine can go into your mind and take you to a virtual reality of your past or of the past of the earth, like when it was luxurious and beautiful and fervent. It is no longer that. So you go there to escape the fact that you're going on this three-week trip to Mars to a totally different world. Um, but what happens on the ship is that a couple of days in, it gets hit by some space debris and, and loses all its fuel and gets off course and goes into oblivion. It can never return to Earth. That you find this out within the first 15 minutes. Yeah. So now they're stuck. But the, the, the captain's saying, no, we're going to go around this planet. We'll be back in three years. They never come back. So what happens over the course of many years to the people on this ship? And that's what the movie is. So, you know, three weeks in, you see what happens. They go a year out. What has happened? Five years out. What has happened to the people? So it's really shocking. Like you go ahead in these and, and then you go ahead like 20 years. Now, they still have algae producing food so people can live. But the whole it's about this story about these people going through a kind of a, a trip to nowhere. And it's fascinating. It's not super exciting. Um, the production design is amazing. The, the, the acting is great. It's interesting. The main character, or one of the main characters, Captain, is actually an Armenian actor. And I happen to be Armenian. So he's this Armenian guy, but he <laughs> speaks fluent Swedish, which is just so strange. That's really funny. It's like when I was in Italy, I had a, I had a chipped tooth, and I went to a, a dentist, and he was a, a Chinese gentleman who spoke, you know, uh, uh, Italian. Oh, that's funny. It was so, so <laughs> odd. You know, so anyway... But the movie is really well shot. It's beautifully acted. It has great special effects, effects I've never seen in a movie. Like, it's, like, it's just different. And, and uh, it's it a huge budget film uh, that nobody's ever heard of here. But it was made many times over, like it was made in 1960 and later. So it's kind of like this interesting thing that I've never heard of. Um, but um, I won't say anything more because I will totally spoil everything about the movie. But a lot of interesting things happen in it. It's one of those big-budget movies that you've never heard of. It's on Hulu. If you're a science fiction fan, it's, it's more hardcore sci-fi. It's not, you know, it's thought-provoking, that kind of thing. It's about relationships and what happens when you're stuck on a ship forever. How do you handle that? How do different people handle it? Um, so... I recommend it because it's an interesting view. And I love finding movies that I know nothing about. I don't know any of the actors. I don't know who's going to live, who's going to die. You have no idea. And there's some pretty harsh stuff. You kind of go into midsummer territory here in this. Oh, okay. There's some crazy, weird shit going on, yeah. culty stuff. So it kind of goes all over the place. So that the, those time leaps change the movie. So at three weeks in, it's one movie. At five years in, it's completely different. Oh, that's funny. Oh. And you follow different characters. So yeah. I recommend it for something different. That sounds but amazing. Won't... Sounds interesting. I, I... There's an old classic sci-fi book that has a very similar story to it of a what they call a century ship, you know, where a, a bunch of people are put onto a sort of an environmental transport and it gets in it gets locked into a a gradually increasing higher and higher speed zipping across the galaxy kind of a thing and oh. time and spit. They, they realize that as they're flying, um, they start calculating how much time is passing back on earth. And they realize that during their years flying this fast out of control, that it's now been like 10,000 years on earth. And oh my God, it's a, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm usually, good at remembering my sci-fi books, but it's an old one. I think it's like a 40s or 50s sci-fi story. That's cool. Sci-fi book. Well, this is along those lines. I mean, there's an ending shot that is just like, you know, kind of blows you away a little bit. So um, if you're in the mood for something a little bit more kind of esoteric and different, it's a good watch because, again, and it, it, of course it's subtitled, but it's very easy to follow in that no. way. That sounds so, very cool. We yeah. got some very different types of things on this episode yeah well i that's I like it. what is it again a n i a r a yes and is on, it on iara it's, is on, it's two on, words it's or one word it's one word okay yeah i have it 
Yeah, and it's well, that uh, sounds great. It's pretty cool. It's like, and it's got great actors. Uh, like, really, like you know, they really go, they really go out there and they give it their all in this. They do some really, pretty shocking stuff in it. Huh. So, huh. like I said, think Midsummer in a couple of scenes, um, but in a sci-fi setting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, if you can. So check it out. Yeah. So all there right. you go. Good Some job. Moments. We have three successful dates. Yeah. <laughs> and we, Even, we weren't in the same room, but we did. <laughs> but I guess we're going to do this for, for the duration of this uh, entrapment that we're currently under. Entrapment. And uh, the, uh, the lockdown, Cinemondo lockdown. I kind of feel like I'm in like a Dharma hatch. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm stuck in a Dharma hatch. I have my bike to ride inside. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm, my little I'm, hatch. I'm playing Mama Cass records. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's also like that movie Mark was talking about. It's a bunch of people isolated in an environment yeah. that they can't escape from. and That's true. And everybody's well, held prisoner and knives out because they can't leave because they're all witnesses and suspects. Wow, isn't that interesting? Yeah, see, we all did that. It's all about contained stuff. Contained, being trapped. Being trapped. Yeah. There's a movie I want to talk about maybe next time, okay. next episode, called next, Vivarium that you guys should watch. I'm not going to say anything else about it until we all okay. talk about oh. it. We'll okay. talk about it very soon, I think. Yes, okay. maybe in the next podcast. All right. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for listening. And catch all right. us on, on all, the, all the social medias. You, you all know that. So please, you know, and also write a review or send us an email. And write reviews. Help us out. Tell yeah, us leave, like, what you, leave comments. Yeah, we love to read the comments. They're very fun. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's been very nice so far. Yes, yeah. yes. And thank you so much for listening. And really, you know, we don't, we don't say that enough, but we love you guys listening to us babbling on and on. <laughs> well, thanks. All right. Thanks for stay joining safe, us. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs> yeah, stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And we will be back again with more recommendations for the lockdown situation. That's right. Hope everybody's okay. staying take, healthy. Take care. Yeah. Yes, take care now. Okay. Santa Mondo signing off.